Hello, and welcome to the Sustainable Business Covered podcast. On this week's agenda, coffee cups. We'll be hearing from coffee cup recycler Simply Cups on the systemic transformations that are required to drive change. The fundamental shift that we need to make is a move from being satisfied with products that are recyclable or compostable and actually getting to end of life to ensure that they are either recycled or composted. Then, a circular economy expert pulls no punches when telling us his views on the current situation. I'm not interested in the word recyclable. I'm only interested in the word recycled. And finally, we give the UK's largest coffee shop operator, Costa, a chance to put forward their view on what needs to happen to win the war on waste. Unless everyone works from across the supply chain, we're never going to fix this issue. You know, it is anything from you know, the design of the cup to how we as retailers work in terms of helping to create recycling schemes and also with the reprocessor to bring absolute clarity about how recyclable material can be. Yes, hello, hello, and welcome along to this seventh episode of Sustainable Business Covered. I'm Luke Nichols, editor of Edie, and this week we'll be getting our caffeine fix by delving deep into the issue of coffee cup recycling. The reason, of course, is because Hugh's War on Waste, the TV programme, is airing on BBC One, I think, in just a few hours from now, on Thursday at 9pm. Now, I'm sure most of you listening to this podcast, given your line of work, will be aware of Hughes War on Waste. But for any of you that haven't heard of it, the programme essentially involves the TV chef, Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. I'm not sure if we should still be referring to him as a TV chef, but it involves Hugh going around and investigating some of the most critical waste issues across the UK. In the first episode, which aired back in March, I think, Hugh delved into the issue of supermarket food waste. He was looking at how retailers were effectively causing the issues through um, strict cosmetic standards on fruit and veg and a system which is essentially based on oversupply. The second episode then looks at the turbocharged high street fashion industry, highlighting the need for retailers to, to really be adopting more sustainable business models. And now in the third episode of the programme, Hugh has moved the spotlight onto coffee cups. And to give you a flavour of what's in tonight's episode, let's just play a 30 second clip of the TV trailer now. The war on waste is back. And your help has made a big difference. 50,000 people are getting fed who weren't getting fed before. Every week. It's a victory for common sense. But now, Hugh's uncovered a recycling scandal. You've got to address the fact that the public thinks this cup's recyclable. And the problem of too much packaging. Look at that. Why don't you do tubes? I've got a megaphone and I'm not afraid to use it! Hugh's war on waste. The battle continues on BBC One. So there you go. And if you're listening to this podcast after that show has aired, then I'm sure you can catch up and watch it on iPlayer. And this podcast will be just as relevant. Um, Now, this issue of coffee cup recycling may initially sound like a more minor or trivial issue than the other two previously. But some of the statistics that this episode brings up are really quite incredible. We throw away a staggering two and a half billion cardboard coffee cups each year, but apparently 99% of those cups are sent straight to landfill or through to incineration and, and not recycled as the labelling on the cups might suggest. Um, now, why aren't those cups recycled? Well, the issue is that these cups are essentially sealed with a polyethene, otherwise known as plastic, um, lining on the interior, which stops the cardboard from from getting soggy. I hate that word. Um, and that lining, which is uh, used by virtually all of the high street coffee shop chains, is bonded very tightly to the paper and then causes a problem because that polyethene can't be recycled along with ordinary paper by 
local councils it needs to be separated which can be very difficult to do and then you've also you're encountering contamination issues at the recycling stage as well Um, so that's the issue which is discussed in this week's war on waste program and by us in the podcast today hugh in the program picks on a few of the the biggest coffee cup users um starbucks costa and cafe nero i think um and he essentially calls for more transparency and action from these companies so that those claims they make about the coffee cup being recyclable uh, can really move on to those cups actually being recycled. But in this podcast episode, we, we go a step further, actually digging into the complexities surrounding the issue, the challenges and the solutions that will actually enable the coffee cup industry to begin moving towards a circular economy. Now, you'll notice I'm not joined by the rest of the ED team here in this makeshift podcast studio in our publishing house here this week Um, and that's because I want to hand the discussion straight over to to the real experts no offense Matt and George if you're listening back to this Um, but throughout the week I've managed to speak to uh, three experts on the issue of coffee cup recycling each of which are coming at the discussion from from a different perspective so let's run through those conversations in chronological order then Um, first up I spoke with coffee cup recycling firm Simply Cups now, Simply Cups is a relatively new organisation. It was founded back in the summer of 2014, um, and the business works by working with customers to essentially bypass the traditional mixed recycling routes by collecting, bulking, and then sending materials direct to, to the reprocessors. And this makes it, I think, the UK's only collection and recycling service that's completely dedicated to turning paper and plastic cups into second-life materials. It's picked up some huge members, including John Lewis, Centrica, Nestle and, and Costa, who we'll be speaking to later in the show. Anyway, I had a chat with Simply Cups co-founder Peter Goodwin to get his take on the issue. So here's my chat with Peter Goodwin in full. So I, I'm now joined on the phone by Peter Goodwin, uh, the co-founder of paper cup recycling company Simply Cups. Peter, hello. How are you? Yes, very good, Luke. Good stuff. So um, I know that you're uh, in between meetings, you're, uh, you're outside, so hopefully we'll get through this one with a stable enough phone line. Uh, I'll try not to keep you too long. Um, the reason for this chat then is that we're, we're obviously, on, of course, in the week of Hughes War on Waste, which is really shifting that spotlight from food waste onto coffee cup recycling. Um, just to begin with then, Peter, I mean, obviously the show's yet to air, but we're well aware of the content that will be in it and the specific companies and issues that... Hugh Fernley Whittingstall has investigated. What's your sort of your take on the program? Is it is it correctly shedding light on a, a problem that needs to be solved, or is it perhaps focusing a bit too much on that problem rather than the solution? Yeah, look, I think uh, I think the initial thing is that we need to get uh, awareness out there that there is a problem. I mean, there are some sy- systemic issues in terms of uh, the recycling systems we currently uh, operate uh, in the UK, and I think that to a large extent, a lot of people are unaware of these uh, issues. Um, the paper cups, I think, is a case in point that there's there's a lot of confusion around, or there has been around, the recyclability of the paper cup, and I think it's sort of only through um, hopefully schemes like Simply Cups and then obviously being into, uh, sort of brought into the, uh, the consumer's eyes by the likes of the, the Hugh Fernley Whittingstall programme that people believe there is a problem. So I, I don't think we can, we can say that there isn't a problem. Evidently there is. Uh, and I think, uh, I think the huge positive from this is since the initial um, media releases, releases from Hugh back in, in March, April, there has certainly uh, stimulated a huge amount of activity. Um, so I think, I think, I think what, what 
the key thing for from my side is it's raised awareness of a problem and I think the huge positive is that there is definitely a will from people to to do something about it. Now, doing something about it may not necessarily be that easy, and, and potentially that's why it may not have been done before. But I think I think there's enough momentum now to, to give us a good chance of solving this problem. So I'd like to I'd like to think that you know reality is that the, the, the program will will push to, to, to keep this at the agenda. Uh, and I think it should be on the agenda until we come up with a credible solution to that. Uh, and I hope the net effect of, of, of this whole sort of media frenzy of the last six months is that, that we exit this with a solution for, for paper cut recycling in the UK. Hmm. Oh, that was actually kind of leading into my question, next question, really, because um, <laughs> obviously Simply Cuts, I mean, um, this is an issue that you've actually kind of been able to sort of form your business on. I suppose I'm wording that a bit strangely, but you've, you've correctly identified that there's this need for specific processes and logistical systems to be put in place in order to, to drive coffee cup recycling, and you've successfully been able to put those you know, systems in place for the likes of Costa, McDonald's, Nestle now. Um, from your perspective, though, then, just generally, is there a feeling then, at least among the clients you work with, that this is a problem that retailers now want to solve, and that the current sort of recyclability figures do sort of need to improve? Yeah, I think I think I think when when we we admit that there's systemic failures in our in our recycling systems, I think there is a, an acknowledgement that that we need to do better. I think the fundamental shift that we need to make is is a move from being satisfied with products that are recyclable or compostable and actually getting to end of life to ensure that they are either recycled or composted, which I think is a is, is much more challenging from that side of things. I mean I think I think that there is a a genuine need for for businesses within the supply chain to to solve this because packaging is a is a key part of their business and is is very consumer facing so um i think it's going to be challenging i don't think it's going to be easy but i think uh, i think this this wave of, of of transparency adds in what i think is very important is con- consumer demand and if if we can prove that that consumer demand is is consistent and there is a longevity to that, i.e., uh, you know, six months after the program, people are still dissatisfied that, that products aren't being recycled. Then I, I think we can go to a long way. I think we've certainly, we've certainly had, uh, you know, whilst we started the scheme in in uh, August 2014, and we've been going nearly two years now, we've noticed undoubtedly a huge spike um, since Hughes initial media activity and a lot more uh, businesses coming on board and and genuinely the the feedback we've had from employers of those businesses is that they're willing to help they want to help uh, and it's something they see they see should be solved so i think as more people get involved uh, we get more volume and then i think the commercials start kicking in and it becomes really you know viable commercially okay so um talking about that kind of yeah, the solution so let's talk really briefly about the problem then i mean obviously the issue relates to contamination and sorting with that plastic lining on the interior of these cups providing difficult to recycle for many local authorities for you then that's a bit of a million dollar question but what what is the overall solution to that problem nationwide is it a case of us needing more innovation or more of a case of developing more facilities that can actually separate the plastic film from the paper and, and recycle these cups well i think i think there's there's different layers of solution. I think there's what's the solution short term and what's the solution long term. Um, given the inability for separation systems to separate plastic cups mechanically, uh, uh, paper cups mechanically at this moment in time, uh, there's evidently a need to work with customers to source segregate. Um, this is the only way we're going to get uh, get good quality material that can then be used by uh, the relevant reprocessors. So uh, I think in the short term, 
that is how we uh, we build uh, the volumes of paper cups that we're extracting from the marketplace. I think uh, long term, yes, I mean, and I think this will be, you know, there will be effect across the whole recycling infrastructure that technology, not only product innovation, but infrastructure innovation will catch up. Uh, and I would imagine that, um, you know, there will be more mechanical ways of, of solving these problems as, as the years progress. But I think, and uh, you know, what we need to get to that point is we, we need commitment from businesses and we need, you know, investment in infrastructure. And I don't think we're going to get to that until we, we see a need to recycle the paper cup and there's, we build some momentum around it. So I think in the short term, the solution is, is in reality, let's, let's get volumes out and let's, let's divert these from landfill or incineration. Um, and let's build those volumes that, that might give rise to innovation to other solutions. Uh, I mean, pr- predominantly, Simply Cups was started off the ability uh, of two facilities in the UK to separate the uh, plastic lining from the paper cup. And that's really why we started Simply Cups, because there was a chance to build a market. There was something we could do. We had something we could do with the material if we extracted it um, from, from a, a, a waste stream. Mm. I think what we've seen is even in the last six months new innovations you know uh we in terms of working with both next tech and, and a short walk have now you know ultimately eradicated the need to separate the plastic lining from the, the paper cup and are able to take the the cup in its entirety and turn it into a polymer that can then be made into new functional products ah, now okay, so that's a complete that's rather than having to invest in technology that can separate it you're coming up with a solution that involves sort of not having to separate them yeah correct i mean if that was the issue and the issue was that the 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 products needed to be separated i.e., the paper from the plastic if you had a solution that you didn't need to do that obviously in a very you know energy intensive pulping um process as well if you could do that without having to separate then that becomes a lot more commercially viable readily available and obviously has much less of an impact in terms of the the resource required to uh, recover the value from that material. So, as I said, I'm not going to take the credit, credit in terms of developing the polymer, but the guys at Nextec have had the ability to take used paper cups and, and polymerize it to turn it into a, a, a durable, moldable plastic, which we can then use to displace virgin material in people's operations. Um, I would like to see moving forward and, and how, you know, how we drive this market is another way of doing it and probably the most effective is by creating demand and getting people to to want to buy uh, products uh, made out of materials that we've collected. Um, Dan from Dan Dicker, the, the, the CEO of our partner at Short Walk, um, you know, uses the phrase, nothing is truly recycled until it's reused. And ultimately, if we can actually give some, some credibility around what we're doing with the materials we collect, make products, and then integrate it back into a business. Why couldn't we have a hospitality outlet whereby a lot of the products they use, the tables that people sit on, the signage that people looked at, is made out of used coffee cups? And I think then it becomes exciting because that's real innovation, and that's really looking at closing the loop because we're integrating those used materials back into the supply chain, back into operations, and we are then truly becoming circular. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Um, you've also then just quickly, you've spoken about um, the need to you know, collaborate with others earlier in this call. Um, looking back at the, you know, the food waste issue that Hugh Fernley was first looking to tackle, we've seen in the area of supermarkets that it can be very difficult for, for rival firms to actually be willing to collaborate on these major sustainability issues, although the message does now seem to be sort of getting through there. Um, another million-dollar question for you, but um, how, can we, how do you see us getting this collaborative ethos to really hit home with retailers? Do you think it will happen naturally, or is there anything 
you think needs to happen, perhaps at a, a policy level that could speed up the process? I think you're always going to get commercial businesses that, that, that pioneer uh, certain innovations and, and solutions. Um, so I think there is definitely a space for for certain organisations to take the lead. Um, and I think, you know, that space is, is open as we speak at this moment in time. I think that, you know, the issue around circularity is the fact that standardisation obviously benefits circularity, but obviously we're working very much in a competitive environment. So as with all these things, how do you balance up competition um, uh, against, you know, standardisation? That, that is hugely challenging when you're dealing with, with, with large brands. Um, I, think that, I think the acknowledgement is, though, that um, reality is not one organization can solve this problem it has to be collaboration so i think we've gone a long way in terms of getting people around a table that perhaps weren't speaking to each other you know six to twelve months ago so i think that is very encouraging you know we might not be perfect at this moment in time but at least those conversations are now taking place which may not have done before and i think that's very encouraging because i think that it does need to be solved by those brand leaders within the marketplace i would also argue that you know an element of 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 investment um, from government to to kickstart this or to accelerate the growth would also be welcomed as well. Um, I think obviously we are dependent at this moment in time on on customer interest, which is growing. Obviously, we could scale this operation very quickly, um, given further support, which which obviously is going to come organically through an increase in membership base and through the sale of products that we make. But I would argue that if if you know if we truly want to accelerate this to a, a UK solution, then, yeah, undoubtedly support uh, would help. Um, because obviously there's a lot that sits behind getting a cup to its intended destination. Uh, and there's a lot of investment um, that, that we're putting in, obviously, to do this from that side of things. But I would argue to, you know, ultimately to move different collection points around the country, um, yeah, I mean, undoubtedly, further investment would help that. Mm. Okay. Um, and so just finally then, I mean, what does the future look like for the for coffee cup recycling? You mentioned earlier that idea of coffee shops uh, utilising the kind of recycled coffee cups within their own interiors. I mean, do you foresee a world where coffee shops are operating within a, a, a completely circular economy? And if so, how long do you think it's going to take to get us there? Yeah, I mean, we set up Simply Cups as a method to solve... Uh, cup collection within closed environments um, where ultimately all cups used by a business are funneled through one central waste contract. Obviously, when we're talking about the high street, we face a huge number of challenges given the fact that obviously uh, cups are then dispersed out onto the high street and, and the wider area. Um, so I think that that is the challenge. And I think reality is, is that there's a lot of clamour from consumers uh, to want solutions, but we can't forget that the consumer does play a huge role in the system to get those products back in the right bin. So I think, uh, I think that's, there, there's an element of a partnership on the high street between, between everyone involved to get that right. I think that the, the, the solution will lie in a mixture of a reusable cup and a disposable cup. I think on-the-go coffee drinking is, is, is become part of our lifestyle. Whether, anyway, whether you agree or disagree with that, it's a fact and it's growing significantly. So I, I don't think we're ever going to be able to take away the disposable cup at this moment in time. Um, I think the, you know, there's, a, there's a balance between reusable and disposable. Um, but I think what we need to be sure is for those disposable cups, we do get them back and, and we recover that resource. Now, how that will be achieved on the high street, I think, is, is, is the next challenging point. Will it be separate bins on a high street? Will it be take-back points on a high street? Um, will it be taking it back domestically? 
I don't know, and I think there's there, there's probably conversations at this moment in time going on how to solve that conundrum. Mm. Um, but I think underlying it all, if used cups become more valuable because there's a more demand and we want to make products out of them and so forth, then the value to them to the local authority becomes greater. Mm. So I'd argue that there is more chance that they're going to focus on getting out cups if there's a greater return uh, than than disposal. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be speaking with one or two of those major brands later on in the show. So um, thank you very much, Peter, for your time. Uh, appreciate that. And, um, yeah, hope look forward to watching the show and uh, getting in touch with you in the future. Thanks very much, Luke. Good Cheers to speak. Peter. Bye now. Thanks to Peter Goodwin there. And actually, Simply Cups have just issued a press statement on the issue ahead of the War and Waste show, urging the food service industry to accelerate the transition from recyclable to recycled. In other words, retailers shouldn't be just using these claims like recyclable and instead should be ensuring these cups are 100% recycled. Um, which leads us nicely onto our next interviewee who makes a very similar point. Sandy Roger is a circular economy consultant who has a pretty impressive career track record, including working in senior roles uh, with Unilever and Diageo and in the Ellen MacArthur Foundation, where he, he worked on the development of the, the New Plastics Economy Report, which was a stunning piece of research. Um, so Sandy and I had a chat about the coffee cup recycling issue in a, in a broader circular economy context, and we actually discuss the real levers for change here. Um, whether it's retailers changing their approach, consumers changing behaviours, or the government investing more in infrastructure. And it's a really fascinating discussion, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, Here's that chat with Sandy Roger in full. Sandy Roger, uh, good morning, how are you? Good morning, I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the same for you where you are right now, but the weather's looking pretty dismal out the window here down in West Sussex. I think summer has just ended by the look of it. The rain is falling. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you very much uh, for speaking me, with me, uh, Sandy. This episode of um, Sustainable Business Covered is, of course, looking at that issue of coffee cup recycling. Um, we spoke earlier in the show with Peter Goodwin, the co-founder of Simply Cups, who I know you've worked with previously. And later on in the show, we'll be chatting with Costa, who are, of course, singled out in the War on Waste TV programme on Thursday. So, given your previous experience with major brands like Unilever, Diageo, Sandy, is this issue of coffee cup or paper cup recycling one you've had any direct experience with trying to tackle, or is it just one you've become well aware of through your circular economy work as as a consultant? Well, I suppose, Luke, I've I've come across this in in a couple of areas. I mean, I've been involved in packaging in one form or another for, for many years. And uh, when I was in Diageo, I was responsible for setting up the group that, that tried to combine sustainable and premium packaging, whereas the, the business had previously thought that it could only be the one or the other. And uh, so that, that was an early experience as to, to, to how to, to lead this kind of work and, and meet the different objectives, both of the business and, and the sort of sustainability goals. And uh, but the, I think the most recent work that I did with the Ellen MacArthur Foundation is probably the, the, the biggest factor in this from my point of view. And, and that was the project called The New Plastics Economy, which uh, was a report published at Davos this year. Yeah. And I set up that project uh, and ran it until last summer and then handed over to a, a team of McKinsey consultants who did the analysis and produced a, a really excellent report um, uh, about um, a world in which plastic packaging might become um, fully reused and recycled as opposed to today's world where 98% of plastic packaging 
actually is made from virgin material. So there's hardly an effective reuse of the material at all in, in, in that process. So that was, that was my main um, sort of entry point to this. And I know that here we're talking about paper cups, but it's sort of part of the same system and part of the same set of considerations in many cases with consumers. Hmm. Okay. And um, I mean, whether or not Hughes War on Waste, the TV program um, airing on Thursday, goes about shedding some light on this issue in the correct way, which we'll get onto actually onto that shortly. I mean, this program certainly does highlight some pretty shocking stats in the world of paper cups. You know, two and a half billion coffee cups being thrown away each year, and as much as 99% of those being sent to landfill or incineration. Um, is this one of the biggest circular economy challenges that Britain faces, in your opinion? Well, I, I think the, the hardest part of the circular economy is where items have or are perceived to have the lowest value. So if you, if you have you know, a jet engine turbine blade coming out of a, you know, your Boeing 747, you're not going to throw it away or drop it in the street. Mm. It's something which so obviously has value that it's not difficult to set up a system that recovers and reuses materials of that kind. And I think that logic extends into the consumer space with things like computers and phones and so on, where increasingly there are schemes which can take back items of that, items which have, you know, a reasonably significant value. I think once you get to uh, what you might call packaging, and packaging in the broader sense to include things like cups and so forth, um, that gets much harder. Even the product that you bought in the cup was worth, you know, two or three pounds perhaps. And once you've drunk the coffee, in, in your mind, the value of the cup is very, very limited. In fact, perhaps it has no value or even a negative value. It has a kind of nuisance value. So... So I think that's the space in which it's hardest to get people to do um, anything which involves a little bit of engagement, a little bit of thought to put the item in this bin or in, 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 in deal with it in that way. That, this, is, this is one of the hardest things to crack in terms of the circular economy. Okay, and when it comes to cracking it then, I mean, <clears throat> where, does the, where does the issue lie here? I mean, war on waste points directly at the big retailers for essentially misleading, as it says, the public with their 100% recyclable logos. Peter Goodwin yesterday alluded to some deeper systemic issues and the lack of investment in key recycling infrastructure. And then there's also the consumer behaviours, which you just sort of slightly touched on there, which must be considered. Um, is it a combination of all of those things, in your opinion? I, I, it is, in a way. And when we did the work on the new plastics economy, we... we came across this, this kind of helplessness that people have. So if you're in the manufacturing or the retail side of things, so you are designing and specifying the cups, for example, um, you, you may have the best of intentions in terms of them being recycled, but you're not necessarily in control of the system that will capture and reprocess the cups. So you, you may be helpless and, and you may feel that, you know, every every coffee shop, every town does this differently. What, you know, what's the target that the design is meant to be aiming for? Equally, if you're on the waste side of this, you have this sense of a sort of tsunami of innovation, different materials, combinations of materials coming at you, and you're supposed to deal with this and, and somehow find some value in, 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 in this material. Mm. 
you feel pretty helpless doing that. And then the consumer is somewhere in the middle and uh, is is often blamed by the others as a kind of loose cannon. But the fact is, you know, the consumers are, are what they are. You know, people have different understanding, different motivations, etc. That's just that's just normal stuff. You have you have to deal with that, not use it as an excuse. So I so I think I think yes, that 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 this has to work across the different domains. And really, the key thing is to integrate the thinking of the design of the item, the cup in this case, with the design of the system that catches and reprocesses it after use. If those two designs are not conceived together and conceived to be compatible with each other, then you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and you're certainly going to struggle with engaging the consumer as well. Okay, that's really, really interesting. Okay, so, um, I mean, looking at the, the brand piece of the puzzle then for a second, um, Let's say, for example, you were a consultant working with Costa right now on this issue. What would be your first move? Would you be looking at those innovations surrounding the cup itself or trying to invest in new specialised recycling facilities or both? Well, I, I, think, I think the first thing is I, I, it was almost a kind of um, point of principle or you might say point of philosophy, which is that I'm not interested in the word recyclable. I'm only interested in the word recycled. In other words, I'm only interested in the system working, not in the potential of some material or some design of cup to be um, recycled. You know, I'm, I'm only interested in the total system working. Nothing else will make me happy or lead me to make any big claims to the, the consumer or anybody else. Yeah, so that, that's a kind of point of principle I think you have to start with. Um, because a lot of people talk about things being recyclable, and what they really mean is, I've done my job, whether it actually gets recycled is really somebody else's problem. And you just can't operate with that mentality if this, if this problem's going to be solved. So people have to own the problem in its entirety, even though parts of the problem lie outside their own control, and then they have to collaborate with those other parties to make the system as a whole work. I think, I think that would be my first step. And, you know, what, what leads on from that is, um, is about collaboration. Um, so uh, you know, designing the cup and designing the waste system together, um, you know, if that's, the, if that's the requirement, you can't then start by saying, well, I'll start by just working on the cup. I mean, just that, that's, you missed the point, yeah? So, so it really is about looking at the system of how a particular design of cup is handled as, as an item of waste, um, and of course, the role of the consumer in that as well. But you've got to take an end-to-end view of it, rather than just trying to, you know, to make one incremental change, which by itself probably won't make that much difference. Got you. Yeah, um, Peter Goodwin was um, banging the collaboration drum quite a lot yesterday. We were speaking yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, Okay, so looking then at the second part of the jigsaw, uh, I mean, um, Peter also touched on that need for consumers to actually be fully on board with. circular economy way of thinking in order to drive change on this particular issue Um, if we are going to change the mindsets and behaviours of customers particularly in this quick service on the go culture that we now live in how are we going to be go about doing that what are the kind of key steps enablers that need to happen well I I think I think first of all we have to recognise that if we try to make this kind of thing 
you might say, an ethical imperative for people. So we try and, and use kind of exhortation and earnest rhetoric to try and persuade people to behave differently. Um, the, the simple reality of that is that will only ever work for some people and, and probably a relatively small minority of people. And, you know, if, if your business is selling some particular brand, which is really kind of green um, in, in, its, in its roots, and those are the, the kind of engaged customers you want to go after for that brand, well, that's fine. But I don't think that applies to coffee cups, really. I mean, there may be a few very specialized coffee shops in, in, in leafier parts of London that can operate like that. But for the most part, you know, coffee consumption in cafes and so on is going to be, you know, it's a popular activity. Lots and lots of people in all sorts of different um, domains of society and in different kind of mind states as they're, as they're drinking a cup of coffee have all got to be part of the system, yeah? So, so, you've, so the, the, the fundamental for me is to make it very simple, very consistent, so that as people encounter a cup and encounter a bin and the various other steps in the process, they get reinforced exactly the same system. This kind of cup goes in this kind of bin. In the shop, in the street, even you know at home, at work, etc. We've got to try and get a really, really standardized approach so that the amount of actual engagement required from consumers is almost zero. Yeah. It becomes an instinctive thing. I mean, you know, you don't get in your car and drive on the wrong side of the road. You know, you don't try and plug, you know, your USB plug from the computer into the, the main socket in the wall because there are certain things which you just learn how they work and then you don't need to think about them anymore. Well, recycling a coffee cup should be like that. And, and so it's got to be that, I think, rather than a big kind of ethical story. Um, now, that's not to say the ethical story is not important and certainly what you know, Hugh has to say about it um, is is important because the, these are these are the kind of influences that drive change with key stakeholders. But when it comes to getting a really high proportion of consumers to um, fit in with the system, you know the earnest rhetoric is not is not going to do it. I don't think. Yeah, and as you've been speaking, uh, I probably shouldn't be looking at my emails, but I've had three emails pop up in the bottom right corner of my computer here, and all three were mentioning Hughes Warren Waste. So uh, yeah. just showing how much kind of PR and, and sort of coverage there is yeah. about that issue. And maybe that in itself is um, is uh, a potential kind of enable, or at least a first step to getting consumers to realise the problem before then being able to kind of um, sort of chain, drive this kind of change from, from brands. Um, again, then I, I suppose the third part of the triangle, or uh, jigsaw, I suppose, is to stick to my first analogy, is um, policy and regulation. Uh, is there a role for stricter regulations here or perhaps incentives or investment from, from government to, to try and tackle this problem? Well, I, I, I think ultimately uh, if we're going to get to a very standardised approach to recycling, whether it's cups or, or any other kind of recycling, um, that's going to need... Um, uh, standards. It's going to need government a action. Um, you know, this is this is not a place where you know every local authority, let alone every coffee shop, should be coming up with its own solution. The, the value really is in the consistency, and I, and I think you know that's not just going to happen automatically. It's going to need some sort of um, coordination. So I, th I think that that is a, a role of of, of government um, in, in in this. Um, 
I also think um, that, you know, maybe there is some way of uh, improving the validity of the claims that, that are made. Um, you know, the, the, the work that we did on plastics made the point very clearly that, you know, there have been the, the, the triangular symbols with the numbers for different kinds of plastics have existed for something like 40 years. Um, which, which sort of gives a sense to people that, oh, there's this, this incredible sophisticated system behind the scenes that recycles all these different plastics. Well, you know, the reality is 98% of plastics made from uh, plastic packaging is made from virgin material. Mm. So, you know, we, we set up these claims, and I, I said already about using the word recyclable, um, you know, we set up these kind of mechanisms by which people try to build credibility. And quite honestly, when you look behind the scenes, um, the system is not working. And I think essentially that's Hugh's message that, you know, that what people think is working in terms of recycling just isn't. And that, that is the case with plastic packaging. And, you know, it seems it is the case with, with paper cups as well. You know, so I think I think um, we, it may be that there's a role for government in this, although it would be like it would be good to see industries themselves um, not using claims which they know are not really borne out you know, in reality, uh, that, that, you know, strikes me as a position the industry could, could take for themselves. But if the government needs to intervene, you know, perhaps that, that's, that's required as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I mean, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a couple of areas. In terms of incentives and so on, um, I, 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 it's, a, it's a hard time to introduce recycling systems or try to develop recycling systems because commodity prices are low and the price of virgin materials is is low and so um any kind of recycled uh, material competes with very low cost virgin material um and and obviously that that doesn't help i i'm i'm not convinced that the answer to that is is sort of government incentives um i i think we've got to find ways of making markets work in favour of recycled materials. Ultimately, the work that the Alan MacArthur Foundation has done has shown that there are big economic benefits from, from the circular economy, uh, even at today's oil prices, no, never mind at, at much higher oil prices. Uh, and also, you know, who would really believe that the oil price is going to stay low indefinitely? I mean, the, the, the financial circumstances of the last 10 years have been somewhat unusual. And um, at the end of the day, the laws of supply and demand surely will have some impact and using up scarce virgin resources will ultimately get more expensive. So I think I think um, we should try and make the economics of recycling work without necessarily having lots of, lots of government in, incentives if we can, but I do recognise that's pretty hard at the moment. Okay, uh, and, and so I'll end then with the same question that I asked Peter actually at the end of our chat earlier on. Um, do you foresee a time then when this particular problem is fully tackled when coffee cups are 100% recycled and, and Britain's food service coffee shop industry is actually operating within a fully-fledged circular economy? I, I, suppose, I suppose I do. I mean, I mean the, a fully-fledged circular economy is um, a very broad church. There will be lots of different approaches, different technologies, different materials in play, and some of these have not been conceived yet you know we back in sort of 1750 when the industrial revolution started there wasn't somebody saying well here's 
here's the design of the linear economy and in 2016 we'll be you know having costas coffee in in paper cups you know these these things don't happen in that very kind of preordained pre-planned way and we've got to, we've got to recognize that although we think we know a lot today the reality is we don't know really what the sector economy will look like in detail but what we're trying to do is to, to establish the direction, to establish the principles. And what I think Peter and his work with Simply Cups is doing is actually making it work in a practical way. Um, and that's really important because that's how we learn. Um, so I, I, think, I think we will see the circular economy because I think it's actually inevitable. You can't just keep using all the stuff once and throwing it away. I mean, you know, it, it's not rocket science to work out that you just can't do that forever. So something of a circular kind will, will prevail. And, and the question will be, what are the details? And, and some of it will be reuse of, of things, you know, good old-fashioned crockery and glasses and so on have their place in this. Some of it will be uh, recycling. Some of it will be use of compostable materials. Um, and, and all of those technologies will, will, will change in, in the years ahead and, and will kind of compete with each other to be the best solution for a coffee cup. And that's, that's how it should be, yeah? But what, what we won't keep doing, I'm convinced, is using virgin materials once, throwing them away, pretending that we're recycling them, but actually we're not generally just putting them in a hole in the ground. I think, I think you know, one way or another, that model's not going to continue. Okay, well, uh, an optimistic note to end on then. Um, thank you very much for your time, Sandy, and, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks very much. Great. Okay, so we've now heard from a solutions provider in Simply Cups. We've heard from a great industry commentator there in Sandy Roger, but we haven't yet heard from a, a retailer on this issue. Now, at the start of the week, I emailed out the PR companies of the two big brands that I think are really mentioned in the Hughes War on Waste program, Starbucks and Costa, to try and pin down interviews. This is obviously quite a contentious issue, so I did stress that I was coming at this from a much more proactive solutions-based angle rather than just vindicating or accusing them and focusing purely on the problem. Um, I did hear back from both brands, but Starbucks um, seemingly just fizzled out. They eventually told me that uh, there wasn't anybody able to speak with me on the issue. Um, they have since um, sent me through a, a statement on it, which I'll be putting into a, a news article that accompanies this podcast. But Costa, I was able to progress with, and I was offered a chat with Ollie Rosevar, their Energy and Environment Manager. So what does Costa's sustainability team think of Hughes War on Waste and how is the brand working towards a solution to the problem? Those are the sort of questions I put to Ollie during our chat on the phone. Um, now, you'll probably notice that the audio quality on this call to start off with is not great. Um, there are a couple of times Ollie did cut out, um, but you can just about make out his answers to the first couple of questions. Um, rest assured, though, that the quality does get better. I got Ollie to shift over to a landline and then I've seamlessly linked it all together. Anyway, here's my uh, chat with Costa's Energy and Environment Manager, Ollie Rosevar. Ollie, how are you? Hi, uh, great to speak to you, uh, Lee. Thanks for uh, taking the time to speak to us today. Yeah, I, I know that you've been out and about this morning, I think, at one of your roasteries, so I know you're a pretty busy man, so thanks very much for speaking to us. Um, I'm sure you're um, aware why we're having this chat now. Um, I, Drawing on your expertise and work with Costa on the waste and resource management side of things, um, we're of course speaking on the eve of Hughes War on Waste TV show, which puts the issue of coffee cup recycling in the, in the spotlight and does single out a few brands, including Costa, for their role in the, the nationwide problem. So let's get straight into it then, Ollie. I mean, Hugh refers to this issue in his show as 
a recycling scandal. He says brands like yours are misleading consumers on their 100% recyclable claims, and he basically urges more action from companies to solve this this complex problem. Is is that a fair assessment in your view, or or do you think there's a lot more to it? I think yeah. The, the reality for us is you know we're we're obviously hugely concerned about this issue, um, and we we understand it's important to our customers um, that you know cups can and are being recycled. Um, and as the first signature of the Paper Cup Manifesto, you know, we're trying to take long-term change to uh, to make a real change in this area. I think when we look at it, you know, the, the reality is that cups are recycled, but you know, not enough are being recycled. And that's the challenge that we need to meet as brands. And therefore, it's about how we and the rest of the industry work together uh, to take action to actually change that situation. And I think it's great that, you know, that these programs obviously highlighted these, these challenges and actually helped us to kind of bring... Uh, from across the supply chain towards um, you know, improving the situation. And, and I mean, some of the people some of the people I've spoken to about the the war on waste campaign in particular have said it's, it can be slightly vindicative, perhaps in its approach, and that it is only focusing on that one area of the problem, the kind of the retail aspect, and it's a little bit in that sense kind of unfairly singling them out as just one part of much more complex issue. Do you? agree with that? Is is this an issue that goes well beyond just what the retailers can do? Yeah, I, I think it does. I think the reality is that, you know, um, the, the paper cup is um, is obviously quite a um, visual product and, and we as one of the biggest brands in the UK you know, obviously would be, would be sort of singled out as one of the, the main people who need to take action on them. In terms of the issue itself, I think it's very much sort of wider arching around the whole piece around recyclability as a whole. Um, you know, the, the question of is the cup recycled? Well, the reality is it's, it, it's a coated paper, um, no different to plenty of other materials such as sandwich packaging, porridge pots, etc., that are made from these coated boards. Um, I think the challenge is actually bringing some clarity to the market to understand what that material is and how it actually can be recycled um, through you know, the right streams. So is that through the specialist recyclers such as James Cropper um, or can it actually go more widely um, through sort of more standard recycling streams? So certainly from our perspective, it's kind of understanding far more about actually where these cups end up in the first place and then actually how they react in um, recycling streams. So yeah, it's, it's great to be able to announce that actually we have recently invested quite a significant amount of money into research with Sheffield University mm-hmm. um, to look at those two very key issues. So firstly, when a customer walks out the door uh, of one of our stores, where do these cups end up? Because it, it's, you know, we've talked about the, the one in 400 statistic that's been talked how many cups are being recycled but actually what is the reality of that and, and where are these cups ending up are they going to offices are they going to the household waste are they going to the street bins mm. which therefore allows us to understand exactly where these materials are ending up and therefore how they can be processed mm. um, and then onwards from that is really actually once they get into those recycling processes what happens to them you know are they making their way through the mixed recycling facilities and, and you know are there challenges that we need to meet to try and improve that through design etc but also in terms of you know reprocessors we again, I go back to the basic of the material. It, it's a coated ball face, and there's plenty of things that are widely recognised as recyclable. So, where are these challenges coming up? Is it really significantly affecting the yield or, or not? Um, and therefore, could it actually go through the more standard streams? Yeah. Okay. So, um, earlier on in the, in the in this podcast, I spoke with um, Sandy Roger, uh, a circular economy consultant with some real expertise in the area of plastics recycling. Um, I asked Sandy what his first move would be if he were to be working with a big brand like Costa on this coffee cup recycling issue and his response was that he would first instill uh, a principle and ethos across the company that 
you're only really interested in the system working rather than your kind of part in the system. And so taking that step further, he was, he was saying that claims like recyclable, 100% recyclable, should simply not be used and that the only word he would want to see is 100% recycled. In other words, he's saying that it should be the job of the retailer to, to really drive systemic and see through systemic change. Is that a fair point? Uh, yeah, I think I think on that point, I think it goes back to this this whole piece. You know, we we know these are recycled products, but not enough of them are being recycled, um, and therefore I think it is absolutely the responsibility of us to try and bring some clarity to that and to create a, effectively a framework for people to be able to recycle that. Um, you know, from our perspective, you know, we recognise that there have been some challenges around the use of, of the Mobius Loop um, on our cup. Um, and until we can bring absolute clarity um, to the fact that more of our cups are being recycled, we've actually made a decision to remove that loop from our cup and replace it with a tidy man in terms of uh, pushing for kind of responsible disposal of the cup. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's where we go. Mm, okay. And, I mean, so given you're really on the, the front line of this issue then, dealing with it and trying to find out those solutions, what's, what's the biggest challenge then that you face when it comes to coffee cup recycling? I'm sure there are many, but is there one that sort of stands out? I think it's twofold. I think, firstly, it's about actually getting the cup back to one central point so it can be recycled. And so we're looking at how we can kind of assist in that through working across the industry. So looking at actually creating streams and working with the rest of the industry to try and increase the amount of points that we can recycle. But in addition, we've been doing some tests in sites. So 50 sites in Manchester and London, we've actually been looking at a uh, a recycling system within the store. So we're actually recovering cups from store, backhauling those, and, and they're being recycled by our partner, Veolia, um, to ensure that actually we're taking responsibility for the waste that we actually have control over. Okay. Um, and so then in terms of, I guess, on the flip side of challenges, um, looking at kind of enablers, um, is there one thing that you would like to see happen that could act as an enabler here, more collaboration, for example, investment in key infrastructure, more incentives from government? Or is it kind of a combination of all of those, or is there anything that you in particular think it would really help with this issue and actually getting it tackled? I think it is very much about the collaboration piece, and that's why we signed up to the manifesto, and, and we're a leading part in, in bringing that together, um, you know, uh, working to pull together the original summit to, to push that. Um, you know, unless everyone works from across the supply chain, we're never going to fix this issue. You know, it is anything from you know, the design of the cup to how we as retailers work in terms of creating, uh, helping to create recycling streams, how we work with local government to help them to uh, help to recycle more, and also with the reprocessor to bring absolute clarity about how recyclable material can be. Okay. Um, then I want to just talk really quickly about um, innovation. Um, I know the spotlight is very much on this issue now, but it is an issue that um, we at ED have covered fairly regularly over the past few years. I know you've been working on it over the past couple of years. Um, and we have occasionally written about some interesting um, packaging innovations that could be potential solutions here. Um, one example, I'm sure you might be aware of uh, Frugal Pack, which claims to be genuinely recyclable as that, that thin plastic liner is designed to more easily separate itself from the paper cup during the recycling process. Is, is that the sort of thing you might be interested in pursuing? I mean, what would prevent you, for example, from making a nationwide shift to that sort of design? 
Okay, in, in terms of that, I mean, what I would say is, you know, we actually looked at the uh, Frugal Pack Cup um, probably uh, over a year now uh, ago, and at the time it didn't really meet our requirements in terms of uh, quality, in terms of performance, and in terms of taste. Um, you know, obviously we, you know, we welcome innovation, and we're always continually looking at how uh, we can evolve the design of our cup to you know, increase its recyclability and increase its environmental impact as well. Okay. Um, have you ever uh, embarked upon that line of innovation yourself and done any kind of research into, you know, can we develop our own cup here that is more easily be sort of separatable, the, the plastic and the, the paper? Absolutely. I mean, we, you know, we, we continue to innovate with our cup um, in terms of its design, um, looking at things like reducing down uh, what we terms of double cupping a few years ago, looking at the thermal design to try and remove the sleeve that's quite often used in a lot of cups, mm. um, reducing down the amount of cups that are actually used, and, and even going to the detail of actually raising the air on the coster to make sure that, you know, it... it it performed well for the consumer and therefore they didn't have to use as many cups. Oh, okay. um, but again, we do look at the materials that we use in that cup and we continue to review that um, ongoing. And I think the other thing that's really key to, to pick up is actually it's around you know, trying to reduce down the amount of cups used in the first place. Mm. Um, so we've actually undertaken a relationship with uh, Keep Britain Tidy recently, Keep Scotland Beauty and Keep Wales Tidy, where we're actually offering 25p to consumers who come into our stores with travel cups. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean to be our own travel cup. Uh, to try and encourage people to use uh, more reusable cups as opposed to using paper cups in the first place for their takeaway drinks. Mm. Okay, yeah, you've took the sort of the next question I was going to say straight there. So I was, I was going to, I mean, both Sandy and Peter from Simply Cups did also mention that that importance of the consumer, the consumer in helping to tackle this issue. Um, have you have you done much work in, in the area of behaviour change at a consumer level on recycling um, and and more broadly, what do you think needs to happen to get more people on board with that sort of circular? Economy? Economy way of thinking. Um, yeah, again, I, you know, I think there is, there is a part to pay there, and through things like the reuse, uh, reuse of cups, obviously, is, is trying to sort of move towards people taking um, steps towards using less. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it is about actually trying to encouraging uh, encourage customers to recycle more um, through things like our in-store recycling. Again, we're using a back-of-house system there um, to make sure the quality of the material is, is as high as possible, mm-hmm. um, but also engaging with them. So talking about you know, what we're doing to try and reduce down the impact in the first place through the actual production of the company you know, in its first instance, so use of sustainable um, materials such as sustainable source um, paper. Um, and also, you know, the efforts we go in terms of design to try and reduce, you know, use as little resource in the first place as possible. Mm. And then actually creating the recycling streams that exist across the industry to try and make sure they have every opportunity to recycle their cup and that they don't sort of dispose of it um, uh, inappropriately, I guess. Okay. Um, so based on your work then that you've been doing there for the last couple of years on this issue in particular, how far away do you think we are then from actually cracking the issue um, nationwide and actually getting anywhere near a sort of a genuine, um, sort of fully fledged circular economy in the coffee cup industry? Do you see this happening anytime soon? Is there a kind of a feeling of momentum or a sort of push from the retail industry at the moment? I definitely think it's positive to see you know, the work of the um, paper cup recycling group and, and the FBA 
and the wider industry on the manifesto and obviously a commitment to uh, increase the availability of recycling across the UK. And it's great to see that actually we saw collaboration right from you know the, the creators of these cups all the way down to the reprocessors who actually ultimately recycle the cups. Mm. Um, and I think that sort of uh, wave of movement is fantastic to see and, and we'll hopefully see far greater action. I think us as a brand will obviously continue to try and lead um, the industry in terms of making the right decisions around creating recycling um, in store and, uh, and wider afield, um, obviously encouraging reuse um, and actually looking to continue to innovate and look at what is out there and what are the right decisions for us to ensure that we have the best cup uh, out there which can be recycled. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, um, in a strange way, I know it's, I suppose it's, it's fair to assume that cost is obviously in line for a little bit of scrutiny when this show airs on Thursday night, whether it's on social media or in the press. But I mean, as we saw in the, you know, with the issue of food waste, this level of campaign sort of prompted supermarkets in some aspects to make additional changes by relaxing cosmetic standards on some foods, working more closely with food redistribution charities and things. So um, do you envisage a similar thing happening now this time around your industry, kind of prompted by this level of campaigning? Do you sort of weirdly welcome it in that sense? I think in terms of raising the um, raising the awareness of it um, and and allowing the industry to work together, I think yeah it, it has been beneficial. I think what you know it hasn't been touched on is actually the industry has been working on this previously to try and bring this forward, but I think this has actually gained an additional momentum. Um, but again, I think you know as a as a brand, we want to make sure that we're making the right the right decisions in terms of uh, increasing recycling, reducing reuse, and um, you know looking to innovate as well. Yeah, no, and it does have to be said that um, Costa, as a as a brand in that market, is one of the ones that are sort of really leading on this. There are numerous other things that I know we haven't been able to touch on in this conversation that I know that you're exploring. So you're by no means the least proactive in this this area. Um, but that, that was the end of my questions. Anyway, I mean, is there anything else that we perhaps haven't covered in this chat, or, that we, or have we left sort of no stone unturned here with the issue of coffee cup recycling? In your view. Um, I think it's, it's given a good, um, yeah, good overview of exactly what's going on in the industry and how it's hopefully moving towards um, you know, a more sustainable future from a recycling perspective and, and a reuse point of view. Um, as I say, you know, for us, it is very much about um, you know, putting the right infrastructure in place to help our customers to recycle more and to increase that number of recycled uh, of cuts being recycled across the UK um, and also reducing down the use of them in the first place. Well, Ollie, thank you very much for your time today. Really appreciate it. I'm sure you've got a busy few days ahead, so I'll let you get back to it. Thanks very much, Luke. Cheers. Appreciate your time. Great stuff there from Ollie. And I think it's, it is worth commending Costa for actually coming out and speaking about this problem so earnestly and, and being proactive in, in their efforts to find a solution. Um, so there you have it. I'm sure you'll agree that the coffee cup recycling debate has been well and truly covered on this episode of Sustainable Business Covered. Um, I hope the episode of the podcast has provided a full enough overview of the issue for you and, and really shown that when it comes to coffee cup recycling... There is a war on waste going on, but I suppose in any war you need your leaders, and and we have those. We just need to ensure that everyone is on the same page, I think, and really fighting the same battles together. If you do want to read more about the issue, then do have a look at the ED website and run a search for coffee cups, and you'll see a range of stories um, and projects and innovations that we've covered uh, about coffee cups over the past year. Um, And one last thing before I go, uh, worth mentioning that ED's Sustainability Leaders Awards are now open for entries. Um, They are bigger and better than ever and they'll be taking place at the London Hilton on Park Lane next January. So if you've got a great sustainability initiative, product, 
project or strategy or you know a particular sustainability leader that you think should be nominated here, then um, these awards really are worth entering. Visit the awards website, which is um, awards.ed.net for full information on those. Anyway, that's all from me this week. Join us again next week when the rest of the editorial team will be back joining me for a full roundup and discussion of the big sustainability stories of the week and some of the interviews we've been out and about collecting. Until that time, though, goodbye.